Ginger on ginger, ginger on ginger, Jacob has red hair, so does Alex. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ginger on Ginger, the show where two redhead comedians choose a word, phrase, or concept, and then talk about it through their gingery lens. I'm Jacob Gabby. And I am here. Yeah. I'm Alex, I'm Alex Tate. That's I'm right. In, I'm in the room. Yeah, we're doing a podcast, um, I think, the way they used to be done, yeah. live. The old-fashioned way. Yeah. <laughs> so Alex is um, literally making eye contact with him. Yeah. Uh, this means I can't fart in the room anymore. There's no weird internet lag between our conversation. Right, exactly. Which is just, it's just lovely. It's great. Yeah. And, uh, Alex, this week we're brought to you by Yubico. Yubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computer servers and internet accounts. The YubiKey from Yubico is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. As more of us continue to work from home, it is important, more important than ever to protect your secure information. So what can you do to protect your accounts? Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more using the code POD at Yubico.com. That's code POD at Yubico.com. Say hello to the YubiKey and goodbye to account takeovers. You should say the word YubiKey. It's very fun. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to my YubiKey. YubiKey and YubiCo. Um, yeah, I'm in Missoula, which I'm excited about. It's my last uh, weekend before school starts. It's literally your last day right now before yes. school starts. Yes, I. and then my life is over and I have no days off for four, <laughs> for four months, which Wonderful. is fine. I yeah. actually kind of enjoy it. Yeah, that's good. You uh, you came to say hi to people and check in. You came to me and Abby's socially distanced comedy show last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was uh, it was really quiet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There were like eight people in the audience, and you were one of them. And uh, it's always interesting when you can hear people you know laugh specifically. Yes, like individual laughter. Yeah. <laughs> you, and you can pinpoint exactly where it's coming from. You're like, that person is laughing and that person is not. Right, exactly. You really know which jokes work for which people. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Totally. Maybe, you know, maybe it would be a nice, like, study in the comedy. Maybe comedians should do really low-populated shows more yeah. often just to, like, see how yeah. they're doing. Yeah, I know Maria Bamford has, like, a special where she performs in front of her parents in their living room. Oh, <laughs> that sounds brutal. It does sound tough. That's yeah. I would rather perform in front of a thousand strangers than ten of my closest friends. Like I think it's I think it's easy. The more and more people you get, the easier it is to make those people laugh. Yes. Like I think I think about those specials. You know, like Kevin Hart does at Madison Square Garden with twenty five thousand people. Oh yeah. And they are laughing at nothing. I was just gonna say that he can do literally anything. He can walk out on stage and go like. Airplanes yeah. be like up in the air, and then the whole stadium yeah. just la- like yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? And people are like, oh, I was so nervous to do Madison Square Garden. What if you bombed? And I was like, no one bombs at Madison Square Garden. I feel like Madison Square Garden is bomb proof. If you have one good opening joke, like in your first minute, you're good. Like, yeah, yeah, seriously. It's just it's, you're just invincible when you have that many people. Um, I like that we're theorizing about performing at Madison Square Garden someday. Hey, hey, if you if you don't think about it, it's not gonna happen. It's, if you if you if you if you think it it'll happen <laughs> okay <laughs> there you go i see where you're going i yeah, wouldn't yeah. mind i wouldn't mind performing there that sounds great i don't know if we're going to sell that many people in our particular brand of comedy but if letter kenny can do a tour i feel like we can as well actually they didn't do their tour because of covid but oh uh, yeah plus they have stand-up comedians on their show true i think the guy that plays squirrely dan does yeah. a set yeah k Wilson is 
a stand-up comedian. Is he funny? Yes. Okay, very cool. funny. Very Canadian. Cool. Great. Well, I love me some Canadian humor, dude. You know, give me some SCTV, some Shit's Creek, uh, you know, Letterkenny. Canadian TV is really having a renaissance. It is. And then it had, you know, Canadian TV kind of shaped American comedy back in like the 70s. I mean, they pulled Ackroyd from, uh, yeah. and Martin Short, and yeah. yeah. You know what? We need to raise Canada up here in the comedy. Canada's not getting the respect it deserves. I agree. Canadians, thank you for your um, kind of kind of dry and witty but mostly kind sense of comedy yeah yeah <laughs> uh, more canadian humor i'm all about it yeah um yeah oh rick moranis john candy yeah see i'm over here thinking like trailer park boys yeah it's <laughs> definitely not as popular right right um yeah do you ever watch strange brew no i don't know what that is it's like a movie with rick moranis about beer it's 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 good it's just one of those like 80s canadian comedies um, that it was probably uproarious back then. Right. And now it's like, you, you know, the biggest laugh will be like a, huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a, uh, uh, uncle. What's the one with like John Candy? Oh, uncle Buck. Yeah. 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 That's what I think about uncle Buck. Yeah. It's amiable. Um, yeah. the hardest I've ever seen my grandparents laugh is, <laughs> is it at uncle Buck? It's at uncle Buck. <laughs> we were, <laughs> so they run a car dealership, right? They've been around vehicles working right. on them and stuff their whole lives. Yeah. And, uh, Uncle Buck in the movie has like an old car that like stalls and stuff. Okay. And I've seen that movie once. At one point, you know, the car is having a hard time starting and then John Candy goes, wait for it. And then the car goes and like just a cloud of smoke shoots out of the uh, exhaust pipe and the car rumbles to life. And my grandparents cried. They were laughing so hard. They were in tears. We had to oh. pause the movie. That's it. Just at that, that I part. I kept waiting for you to tell me the punchline <clears throat> to the joke. It, it went like cloud of smoke, and then he was like, got to clean out the pipes or something like that. That's it. You yeah. Know, at least that would be a line. But he didn't even say a line. It just like blew out a cloud he of smoke. He might have said a line. I don't know. But they laughed specifically when the car stalled and then blew out a cloud of smoke. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. It was just, it was, it was, it was so simple back then. Yeah. Yeah. It was easier. You watch like, you know, all those widely regarded comedies from back then, like Fletch and uh, yeah, uh, things like that. There's not that many jokes. They're generally like amiable movies, but like actual jokes. Like, you don't, you know, Airplane is probably is so highly regarded because it was the first movie to dare to put more than one joke a minute in. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> Airplane just slings out the jokes. Andy Kaufman went out on stage and ate a bowl of ice cream. I love it. Yeah. Which I do love as well. I, I think it's one of the best sets of all time. I'm a Kaufman fan. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it could go a little too far sometimes, but uh, that's the point, I he think. Was, he was way ahead of his time, I think. Yeah. I think like like that's the sort of like Rick and Morty-esque humor mm. of like this like super irreverent. It doesn't make any sense. It's all over the place. Um, like Tim and eric E things yeah yeah dude you're gonna get us canceled for comparing andy kaufman to rick and morty right after i just said that 80s comedies aren't that funny (laughs) (laughs) there's some bold takes going on this morning it's just it's just like the irreverence of it i guess and i don't really i don't really enjoy rick and morty anymore but yeah it quickly became it did like a reverse justin bieber yeah yeah definitely yeah uh like you know I respect Justin Bieber now. Yeah, and you know, I hear a song, I'm like, okay. But back when Baby came out, I was like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. I and his fans were insufferable. Yeah. And now Rick and Morty started, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. This is funny. Yeah. And then the fans became insufferable, and now I see a new episode, and I just kind of go, Ugh. yeah. You watch Rick and Morty? Yeah. You probably don't get it. <laughs> I fucking under- I get it. Uh, yeah. 
There's um, a song where he goes, take a shit on the floor. Okay, I laugh at Get Swifty. <laughs> but that was like season two. That was yeah. like early enough before it got co-opted by Hot Topic or whatever. Oh, God. Yeah, Forever 21. That's the thing. Yeah, it just like they put him on a pickle and then all of a sudden the world is like, this is genius. And I'm like, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why? I wonder why that took off out of everything. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> shit on the floor. Damn it, you got me. <laughs> Are right, you ready to do this? Yes, Alex. What's our word of the day? All right, Jacob. Our word, phrase, or concept today is limits. Limits. Yeah, pushing your limits. Limits yeah. you have. Okay. Um, anything like that. I have uh, uh an extraordinarily long story. Okay. That I thought was funny that I could tell if you want me to about pushing. Yeah, that'll give me time to think about some stuff. Pushing my limits. It's, okay, uh, push them. It's the story of me um, climbing the Grand Teton. Oh. In Jackson. Are you sure it's not pronounced Teton? It's the Grand Tit. No, Teton. Big, it, it, that actually means big tit, by the way. Does it? Yes. A hundred percent. Some horny-ass French dudes that were roaming around the plains for so long that they saw some pointy mountains and they said, eh, that looks like tits. And that's probably why Kanye loves it so much. I there. can't make that up. <laughs> I wish that was not true. <laughs> All right. They're called the tits. Okay. All right. Um, the Grand Teton is like the tallest of them. It's uh, just under 14,000 feet. I was 20 years old. Um, my stepfather was 60. And his son was 30. Okay. And they asked me like two weeks before. Mm. Like I, I had just gotten back from traveling around the world. And they, I, they were like, my stepfather was like, hey, do you want to climb the Grand? <laughs> I know you're still putting your weight back on. Yeah. And you're not in any sort of physical shape to do this. But do you want to climb the Grand? <laughs> and I was like, are we going with a guide? And he was like, no, my son, uh, my son can is a really, really good mountain climber. He's done multiple, like, 14,000-foot peaks and all that. For him, this is just another one to, like, tick off his bucket list. Cool. And you and me are just going to be going along for the ride, essentially. We're just going to be, like, following uh, James. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And um, we get there. It's all fun. We start at, like, 8 a.m. or something like that. You have to start at the trailhead and walk all the way up. Uh, I didn't train for this whatsoever right i mean literally zero we have rope we have we have helmets all that good stuff but it just starts as just on a hike um james takes off (laughs) he's in incredibly good shape and he just bolts ahead of us i mean yeah and i am in the middle and then my stepfather's name is chuck is in the back. I want to just clear something up for our listeners. Uh, Chuck is who the movie Good Luck Chuck is based on, correct? Yeah, right. Okay. It's just a recreation of his life. Yeah, Dane Cook portraying yeah. a younger, your stepfather. Yeah, Dane Cook. And, and Jessica Alba is my your mom. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. Um, and uh, <laughs> he, uh, James takes off. I get to a point where there's a literal, the trail just ends and you can either go left or right. And there's a dude sitting there Eating a granola bar. I always remember this. He's just eating a granola bar, taking a break. He's got a fucking teapot out, and he's, he's just, just like, taking a break. oh, what took you so long? And I go, which way to the Grand? Because I have no idea. James just, I was told that James is going to be guiding us. He just yeah. left. I was like, I have no idea where to go. And he goes, he just like points to the left, and then he's like, 
you should probably know that if you're going to go up there. <laughs> and I was like, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's not wrong, but also you don't need that. And then, I, yeah, and then I was like, okay, so then I continue on. I'm just hiking by myself for miles and miles, and I ran out of water. Cool. While I was while I was hiking. And Beautiful. It was, up. While you were hiking, up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's up the entire time. Great. But I mean... You didn't run out of water, you know, kind of on the way back down towards the vehicle. Oh, no. this took multiple days. Oh. This is like such a big mountain that you sleep on the mountain and oh. then you summit and come down. So you just, you and Dane Cook in a tent. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and we, I get to the spot where the trail just disappears and there's these big like house sized boulders that you just kind of have to like scramble over and scramble in between and like go in between these big house sized boulders. And I stopped there and I said, I'll wait for Chuck at least because... Fuck knows where James went. He's out of here. And he, uh, Chuck finally arrives, and I was like, you got any water? And he was like, I was about to ask you if you had any water. Oh, no. And there's a stream going. Yeah. Yep. And we are like, we had been told that they're in this stream on this mountain. It's a frequently climbed mountain. There is, there has been cases of, like, Giardia. And if you're going to drink from the stream, that's fine. But you need iodine pills. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, James has the iodine pills. Uh. And we were both like, fuck. And I was like, well, we're just going to continue on. But we stuck together this time. And at this point, now, like, the elevation really starts to take its toll. Yeah, you're like, oh, there's no oxygen here. Yeah, like, I would be, I would, that we got above the tree line, and you're just exposed to the sun. And I had no, we had no water. I was super dry. And the trail got really, like, braided. And so we would, like, accidentally follow this whack-ass game trail that wasn't going where we were supposed to do. Then we'd have to, like, backtrack and climb back up. And there was this one section, I remember we got to this game trail, and it was sort of like a boulder was right in the middle of the path, and the boulder was cracked in half by, and it had like a, like a, a foot and a half gap in it or something like that. And I was like, and I could see the, we could see the trail through the gap, it continued on, and I was like, I can squeeze through that rock. I can take my backpack off, push my backpack in front of me and squeeze through that rock. Chuck has a big, he's he's been a drywaller for like 40 years. He's a big (laughs) barrel chest. Yeah, he's full of drywall. Yeah, he's a big barrel chest and big shoulders. He's like, I cannot fit through there. I will just climb up and around the outside of the boulder, which is just like super exposed drop off the backside. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I pushed through. He, it was super sketchy. He had like no water in him and stuff. And he was like shaking as he was like climbing around Ugh. this boulder. And so Ugh. he got, he finally got onto like solid ground and he was like, uh, <laughs> can we just like take a second? I was like, yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know you don't want your stepdad to die in, you know, in your hands. I don't want to just watch him f- drift away. Yeah, just to yeah. fall down. I was like, oh my fucking God. And, <laughs> and I should say that I, I adore Chuck and, and James for that matter, even though he really fucked us over on this trip. Um, <laughs> He then, uh, the elevation was now starting to get really serious. We're up at like 11, 12,000 feet. And it was like, I'd never experienced that much elevation before for that sustained period of time. And so I, I would like take like 20 steps. I would count them out in my head. Cause I was so tired and so thirsty. And I Jesus. said, I'm going to take 20 steps and then I'm going to catch my breath. And then I would just, you just don't catch your breath. <laughs> Yikes. You're just like panting like the whole time. You're like panting for like two minutes. And then you're like. Oh, this is where this is where I'm at. <laughs> this is where we stay. We just stay at this level. Okay. All right. I'm, I guess I'm going to keep walking then. And then we knew that there were some established tents from some guiding companies okay. up there and somewhere. And we had to be pretty near them because we were nearing our own campsite Yeah. for the night. And we saw just the very 
edge of one, but it was up this insane like shale scree field <laughs> awfulness. And I was like, I was like, they will have water. Like they're like official guides. Like it's yeah. a pretty established tent up here. They're like a wall tent and stuff like that. And yeah. so we scrambled up this shale and it was miserable. And you're just like taking two steps forward and one step back. She's so like sliding on these rocks. Mm -hmm. Absolutely exhausting. I literally put the rest of my energy into this. And then right as, right as we get to the top, we like climb up over the edge. We see the path we should have taken up there. We just like couldn't, so we were kind of like delirious and like not doing yeah. well. Yeah, that's how I get when I'm hungry too. And then we get up there and this, uh, the company's called Exum, E-X-U-M. The Exum guide is just like standing there and he's just like, you can tell that he's like pretty disappointed in us because we, <laughs> we look bad and he's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, what's up? And we're like, do you have any water? And he's like, no. Uh, and I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, well, we do, but it's got to be for like our guests and stuff like that. And I was like, God, is there any water that I can drink without needing iodine pills? And he was like, if you go to the source of the river, which is back down where you came from <laughs> and just like a hundred yards further on the trail you were already on, that's where the source of the little creek is. You can drink from the source and it'll be fine. And we were like, oh my God. And then we're like, well, where's our campsite? Because we like named the campsite. And he's like, oh, that's like only 200 y further, yards further down the trail. And we were like, son of a bitch. So we start walking back down this shale, like skiing basically down this shale. And then get right as we get to our campsite, James walks up behind us. Whoa. Yeah. And we were like, and this is funny because James was 30 at the time and, and Chuck is 60, but he's still his dad. Yeah. You know, and you ever seen like an adult person get parented? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Chuck was like, James Johnson, where the fuck have you been? And he's like, I'm sorry, dad. He's like, you're not supposed to be leaving us and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, he's a grown man getting parented. And um, he, at that split, also didn't know where to go oh. and went the wrong way oh. for like six miles. He was he he did like double the hiking we did and ended at the same exact <laughs> position at the same time. Okay, that was we get the iodine. We, I just chug water like a lunatic. And we go to sleep. Chuck snores like mm. I mean snores hard. Yeah, it's three dudes in a tent in a three person tent, which is. Is if anyone has ever tried to put the recommended number of people in a tent. It's a tight fit. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and I got maybe an hour of sleep. I should also say we had we were we had to wake up at 3.30 a.m. Ew. In order to summit and get all the way back down Ew. in one day. Ew. Um, and so I, I we went to bed at like 10. I maybe got like an hour or two of sleep before 3.30 rolled around. And in the <sighs> pitch black dark, you like collapse your tent and everything. And you stash all that so you don't have to summit with it. You'll grab it on the way back down. Gotcha, gotcha. And then we start the hike up. And it's in like the darkness, darkness. And now when we were planning our route, well, when James was planning the route, he asked us, do we want to do the easy route or the second easiest route that has a lot better views and is a lot cooler? And I mean, he kind of like baited us into it. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, well, how much harder is the second easiest route and he's like it's not you know i was like how much rock climbing like full-on rock climbing are we gonna have to do because i have don't have rock climb like I, that's right. not something i do and he's like oh i i know all the pitch numbers and i'm not a rock climber but it's it's only it's only a, a 5.1 i have no fucking clue <laughs> what it is he tried to give me all the numbers and i was like okay so 
we see all the headlights for the guiding groups and they're doing their, you know, their easy route or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we're doing this other route and we get going. And now the, now things start to get really, really steep. Like the last thousand feet of elevation is like very, very steep vertical, depending on which route you take. Okay. And he's, James just keeps saying, I got to find this. There's this couillard, which is like a shaft of, of rock, mm -hmm. right? Like a, a big split in a, in a, uh, cliff okay uh Cuyar is french for chimney um and he's like called wall street and it should be really obvious and i can't he's like i i read all the guidebooks and everything like that and he's like i can't find it and at one point we had to like i had to like spider up Ugh. like like hands and feet like friction spidered up this yeah. like it wasn't very high it was only like six feet but i still had to like spider up it and i was like james where the fuck are we going? And he's like, I don't, I can't find Wall Street. And we're like trying to look at the ridges and stuff like that. He's like, it should be really obvious. And then he summits one ridge and then he was like, oh, we're on the wrong ridge. Uh, he's like, there it is. He can like see it. Uh, so we had to down climb, which anyone who's ever climbed down climbing is horrifying. It's harder. Yeah. yeah it's it's <laughs> way scarier. We had to down climb the ridge we were on only to go back up the other ridge. Great. We get to the bottom of Wall Street, finally, at this Kuyar, and James sees two of his climbing buddies mm. that he didn't even know were there. Mm. And I guess you just meet people in, like, the mountaineering industry after a while. <laughs> yeah. And he is. He's, like, an actual mountaineer. He's very good at this. He's very... He's, From what you've told me, he sounds great at He's it. very skilled. He's very shit at planning routes. <laughs> um, technically proficient. Yes. Um, and they were like, oh, yeah, we just got... We're doing the north face of the Grand, which is the hardest way to do it, but they're very serious. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we just got trapped on there for like two days and we have no food. Do you have any food? Oh my God. And we, they were, and they were like, what? And they're like, yeah, the weather turns south on us and we have, we're like starving. Do you wow. have food? So we gave them all our food. Okay. So now we have like, not all of our food, but, but we a gave lot. them most yeah. of our food. And they were going back down and he was like, I think the worst part of this is right at the top of Wall Street. He's like, if we get past that, I think the rest of this should be pretty easy. And I was like, okay. And we get to the part and it's called, and you know, might have a little cheeky laugh at this. It's called the reach around. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, and what it is, is like, imagine like a softball cut in half, like half an orb okay. just stuck to the side of a cliff. <laughs> and then at the bottom of the, the bottom third of the golf ball or softball or whatever, there's a crack and the crack is big enough for you to put your toes. Ugh. In and you gotta just wedge your toes in and basically just scooch around, Ugh. scooch, 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 Ugh. and it is exposure off to the back. I mean, it is thousand feet, the most exposure I've ever had in Disgusting. my life. Disgusting. I mean, open, open exposure. Nah, dude. Of course, we roped in, but that James was like, I'm like, I'm roped in. I've climbed at like rock climbing gyms before, where yeah. roped in means you can fall and you just yeah, totally fine. This one is don't fall. Yeah, yeah. He was like, he's like, if you fall, you won't die. And I was like, okay. And he's like, don't fall. Yeah. He's like, you will get really hurt. Yeah. You won't die, but. Yeah, you'll get the shit beat <laughs> yeah. out of you. Yeah. You'll like break legs and stuff like that. <sighs> and he's like, so don't fall. And I was like, great. I hate this. And the reason it's called the reach around is because there's really good handholds, safe, safe for like your left hand, right? And you're scooching to your right and you're mm -hmm. scooching, you're shuffling your feet along the crack at the bottom. There's really good handholds, but there's sooner or later you run out of handholds. Uh. And in order to grab with your right arm all the way around the other side, that's why it's called the reach around, you have to 
let go with your left hand. Nah. Which is like, which is like, and it is like, rock, that's like rock climbing no-no. It's always three points of contact. Yes. You never, like two points of contact is never good. And so I was like freaked. I just like wouldn't let go with my left hand. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can like, I am like struggling fucking hard with this. And they were like, you have to let go because because then I can like shift my whole body and reach. I finally did it. I got super freaked out. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck struggled with it more. He was like, really, we really had to like talk him through it and like try to psych him up. And he was like, he was also the last one to go. James had to go first so that he could anchor the rope. Right, right. And then I went in the middle. And then Chuck, so Chuck was on the other side. Like, we, you, you can't see him when you start this Jeez. like reach around. He's nah. on the other side by himself. Nah. And I guess he just like talked himself out of it while he was over there by himself, which I don't blame <laughs> him. I, he was like, fuck this. <laughs> then we do a couple more pitches, which is like, they were they were really easy, but they were just and he was now James was like on a plan. Okay. Well, it was what we thought. He was like he was naming the pitches as we got to him, and he's like, "This is this pitch. This is this pitch. We have four more pitches. We have three more pitches." And he's like, "I keep waiting for the friction pitch." Oh my god! And we're like, <laughs> and we're like, "What is the fucking friction pitch?" And he's like, "Should be the hardest one." She's like, "He's like, it's the only one that's like rock climbing. Like it'll be vertical, and but it's really short." It's it's like oh it's fifteen feet of vertical, but it is vertical. Okay. And and he's like he's like is this the friction pitch? And we did it, and he was like I don't think that was the friction pitch. And then we get to it, and he's like this is the friction pitch, and it's just this smooth ass piece of rock. <laughs> it's called the friction pitch because there's no handhold. You yeah. have to just use friction <laughs> to not fall off of it. And this was me and Chuck's fault. James just like just whoop, just went right up it and he's like again I'll anchor you at the top you guys rope in and all that stuff um and we thought he wanted us to come one at a time of course right which is what we thought as well but we were also just listening to him like he's much more experienced than us and we both thought he said both like come now and we thought that meant like both of us oh and so now there's this crack that goes about a fourth of the way up the friction pitch. Okay. So you can climb the crack, but then after that, you are, it's game over. Ugh. I, Chuck goes in front of me and I go right behind Chuck in the crack. Cause I didn't know, I did not know. Yeah. And then Chuck hits the top of the crack and he's like, I have nowhere else to go. And so, so like his feet are at my shoulders essentially, Ugh. right? Like he's Ugh. like above me Ugh. and he like yells down and he's like, I have nowhere else to go. And I'm like, like, you know, like I'm tired. My grip strength is failing. I can't just like sit here. And I see this little, it was literally like the size of a golf ball. Um, I see it. Well, I see a good handhold, but I see, but I need a place to put my foot yeah. out to my left. And it's like literally the size of a golf ball cut in half and just like stuck on that. And I like put my foot on that. And I mean, it lit, it just covered like the pad of my big toe. Ugh. Like that's it. And I had to, at, again, I had to, at this point, if I wanted to do this move, I would have one point of contact on the wall, my which is God. to like let go with my right leg and right hand and just step up on that one piece to grab with my left hand Ugh. to get like up and around Chuck. Yeah. Um, and this is the part that I like. I freaked out because as I as I let go, I I think I was like filled with so much adrenaline and so much anxiety that my leg did like the sewing sewing yeah the sewing machine shake like it just like spasmed and shake shook as i was was like "Eh," and i like barely grabbed the handhold and then i just like "Eh," just like scrambled up to the top like way ahead of chuck i don't really know the i kind of like blacked out the rest of the pitch because i was like and then we get up there and it's literally a knife 
a knife ridge. I mean, it's the width of your desk here, this ridge. And it's just like a thousand feet of exposure and a thousand feet of exposure. And I just literally like tucked myself in between some rocks. And James is like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm just going to need a second. I (laughs) really thought I was going down. Like while Chuck was finishing, I was like, I just got to sit here for a second. Yeah. And then... After that, there was only two more pitches. They were really easy. We made it to the top. Ta-da, we made it. Now you have to go back down. We summited a piece of cheese. I was eating a piece of cheese, and it fell on the dirt up there. And they were like, you got to pack it out. And I'm like, I'm not packing out a piece of cheese. And so I ate it. So I ate some top of the grand dirt. A woman, there was another couple up there, and a woman called her husband from... while we were up there, it kind of ruined the moment for us. Yeah, no kidding. Babe, I did it. Yeah, that's literally what she was like. Guess where I am right now? <laughs> I'm on the top of the Grand. And I was like, shut up. That's like the probably the only place in Wyoming you actually have cell service. Yeah. She was like, I have great service. I'm like, I bet you do. <laughs> then we had to go down and there's a, there's a rappel ah, down, yeah. which is great because you can cover a lot of ground really easily. You don't have to down climb anything. And the Exum guides use it. And so we, our plan was to wait for an Exum group to come up and then just follow them. Yeah. Because we didn't exactly know where the rappel was. And okay. James, James admitted that, but he's like, well, we should just be able to follow the guide group to okay. the rappel. All right. And they leave and we follow them. And there, there's this huge long line. And these they're guiding people that have like never, never experienced right. like ropes or anything like that. So they have each person that gets there, they have to teach them. Yeah. And there's like 13 in the group. And so the guide in the back, he was like, Yo, there's a like an unused rappel anchor further down there if you have your own ropes, which we did. Yeah. I would suggest you guys go do that one because this one's going to take us like an hour Ugh. to get all these people down. And, and we were like, yeah, we're using that one. <laughs> and then I had uh, – the only time I'd ever rappelled in my life, I'd used the device called a grigri, which is essentially this piece of metal that gets wrapped around the rope mm-hmm. that if you let go of the rope, it – it stops the rope yes. for you. It's like yeah. a handbrake for a rope. Right. That's how the only ever how I've repelled. I've never repelled without one of those. We get there and he and James is like, Yeah, you basically just grab it with your hand and hold on. Hmm. And just like let the rope out. Hmm. And I and I was like, What happens if I let go of the rope? And he's like, You will just plummet. Uh, <laughs> uh, nah. And I was like, no way. And then when you when you start this rappel, your feet are on the wall, but it's an overhang. So it's, it's, soon your feet, you were just dangling. Yeah. Like in the wind, in the breeze. And the only thing stopping you is your own right hand. Mm-mm. That's it. Mm-mm. That freaked me out pretty bad too. Yeah. Then and it, we got down from that. James took off again. After that, it was just a hike down. James bolted again. I was in terrible shape. That hike down was the most physical i've ever pushed myself in my entire life my like hips and my ass were so sore yeah and so tired um yeah it took us forever so you pushed yourself to the limit there you go remind me to never go hiking with james (laughs) oh yeah he's an awful hiking partner apparently he's a fantastic mountaineer but god damn yeah everything you said i'm like well my dad wouldn't do that to me (laughs) or like yo and and chuck was pissed chuck was absolutely rightfully so the whole trip he was like oh we had a great time it was fun i remember my mom asked she would she would go she said would you do it again i said no (laughs) and and she's like well maybe that might change later it's been six years the answer is (laughs) no I don't, 
I'm not really one to push myself to the limit, Alex. I've been sitting here thinking of uh, stories where I've pushed myself to the limit. And uh, one of them, kind of the only one I thought of, uh, was filmed. We did a run of Gingers on Ice shows in 2017, and after the first one, we sold, it was we sold out the Roxy that night, and we went out, and uh, I think I had like two or three Vegas bombs at the James Bar, which is Red Bull and vodka. Uh, the first and only time I've had Red Bull. It's a it's awful. Nobody told me what was in them. I just drank. They just kept buying them for me, uh, and then I woke up the next day, and I felt like a zombie, like actual like walking dead and we had a show that night so i <laughs> recovered as much as i could but man i remember about halfway through the second act like just almost losing it like almost losing my grip <laughs> it's it's when you get you gained a newfound respect for like the rock star lifestyle yeah yeah and why cocaine right is so prevalent exactly yeah you just <laughs> just uh, just snort that hangover away yeah exactly you're like god <laughs> damn i would do anything right now to get stop feeling like this but yeah I, I honestly don't have much to say about uh pushing there's a song by the band angel dust called push it to the limit which is pretty good and uh yeah that's about all i have to say what about sexually what's that sexually what about, yeah. have i pushed myself so <laughs> yeah uh you ever you ever had to you ever had to say oklahoma um, yeah, there was Oklahoma. One, one time I got the leg shake that you were talking about. And, yeah. uh, I was oh, like, like you got like a cramp, not a cramp, but no. you know, your leg just like starts yeah, yeah. shaking. You feel like a rabbit. A yeah, little yeah, bit. yeah. 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 Oh, boy. <laughs> and I, uh, I had to take a minute afterwards. <laughs> Took me a minute. I had to like consciously control my breathing and I was yeah. like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you gotta, gotta get some, elec- you gotta get some electrolytes in you. Yeah. I gotta go for more walks. I need to start running like <laughs> something. <laughs> That's the reason. Jacob, what, what inspired you to work out? Oh, I just want to have better sex yeah well, pretty much <laughs> that would be about the only reason for me uh <laughs> you ready to do some police blotter yeah police blotter. a caller reported a horse was loose in the lewistown heights area classic i, I like that there's a neighborhood called lewistown heights yeah <laughs> It's not where you think it is. Where are you from? Oh, you f- I'm up in the hills. <laughs> are you from the hills? Wow. A caller reported they damaged their vehicle after hitting a snow berm. Officers responded and advised the axle was broken. The vehicle was parked legally until a tow was available. I know multiple people who don't know s- s- snow. Yeah. That think those are soft. <laughs> and just smash into yeah, it. Yeah, or they like jump into it. You know, I've seen people like they think it's like a pile of leaves. They're like, I'm going to jump into this. And I was like, <laughs> that has been compacted by the snow plow. Like, yeah. you, it, that, that is essentially cement. Yeah, for real. Um, now, if you go out right as the snow is falling and you want to do a little drift busting, those are soft. Oh, those that's a great time. But Yes. But you, I guess you did that a lot more. It was really fucking windy. Yeah, it is windy in Lewistown. Yeah. I definitely did that growing up, but Jackson's up nestled in the mountains. Yeah, so. it doesn't get really windy there. Yeah. A caller complained about the number of deer in town. Now, hold on. This is a <laughs> this is a journey. Okay. A caller complained about the number of deer in town and reported their dog kills them when they are in their yard. Ooh. There had been an injured deer in the yard. An officer responded and advised the deer died before their arrival. The homeowner took care of the carcass. Oh my goodness. That's like a Lord of the Rings book in Police Blotter form. <laughs> like a lot happens. <laughs> okay. So there's 
a de- like the deer was injured before it got in the yard or the dog injured the deer let's be honest i don't know i like that the person called and they were like you know what there are too many deer in town <laughs> put up a fence around this town damn <laughs> call the cops my dog keeps killing them and you're like oh my god yeah exactly so good so aggressive <laughs> i i feel like yes the dog injured it um which is you know that's nature but i guess i guess but uh what a weird way to go about it to you know not to like say hey my dog injured a deer which i don't think is illegal i don't think that's a felony no yeah uh but to go hey there are too many deer in town <laughs> um and my dog's eating them a lot <laughs> and then they say the the collar disposed of the carcass for all we know the collar was like this is some free meat yeah you can do that if you want to pick up roadkill actually i don't know if that's legal or not it's legal in some states. It's illegal in some states. I have no idea yeah. what Montana's laws are. I don't know either. I have never been tempted. If to I had to take a guess, knowing what Montana is, probably cool with it. Yeah, probably cool if you just find like a nice elk on the side of the yeah. road. And <laughs> you got a truck big enough for it. Yeah. A caller reported a goat was standing on the highway near a railroad lane. The caller captured the goat and will keep it until someone claims it. The owner called the next day. Lots of rampant animals in this week. Yeah, week's. really. If, I feel like it's an episode of like Dr. Doolittle or something. <laughs> What's going on in this town? <laughs> Just horses and deer and dogs and goats on the loose. A caller reported a suspicious vehicle stopped in their driveway where four or five individuals got out to urinate. Oh, that's fucked up. I would have called the cops. I would have been pissed off. <laughs> like... They just picked a random person's house and they're like, we're going to piss in this guy's house. All of us out. No. Okay. So it's probably like a house, like right off the highway. You know, there's, there's not a lot of places to stop to go to the bathroom. You know, you'll have stretches of like 60 to 80 miles around my hometown where there isn't a gas station to like stop and pee in. So I guess. But yeah, I mean, if it's just in town and they pull into a driveway and piss in the yeah, guy's driveway, that's what I pictured it. As. I pictured it was like slightly out of town on like a gravel road, and that the person claims is their driveway. Their dri- but their driveway's four miles long. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> and finally, Alex, a officer advised an individual not to skateboard down the middle of Main Street. Which I think we've talked about on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Main Street Hill and how... It's so uh, smooth. Yeah. And it's got such a long run out. Yeah. Try and stop me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, well, you shouldn't have designed it so nicely. I know, To right? roll shit down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am told, and I don't know if this is true, that uh, certain people who may have raised me have yeah. rolled watermelons and bowling balls down that yeah. hill. Yes, I've been told the same thing, and it may have not gone sideways and caused damage to other things yeah yeah watermelon i kind of get whatever it hits right. something it breaks bowling ball that fucks shit up yeah like, yeah and that <laughs> it would get going on that hill yeah <laughs> it would become like a fucking missile <laughs> uh anything else you want to talk about my dude uh no i'm pretty happy yeah for listening to the podcast for the next four months you get to hear me bitch about school now Woo! <laughs> yay <laughs> Um, yeah, thanks all for listening. You know, we appreciate it. I was telling Alex, the minute we went back to just our normal uh, word premise, uh, the listeners like doubled yeah. <laughs> for that week. So all right, message received. Message received. Yeah, we won't we won't break the formula. Uh, but you know, tell your friends. Let's uh, let's spread the love a little bit. You get some more people listening. Yeah. All right. Uh, wonderful to see you in person. I hope we get to do this again soon. Well, we won't, but I hope we get to do it again soon at some point. Yeah, at a point in time. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Ginger on Ginger is brought to you by the mountains. They're beautiful and scary and full of majesty. 
Be careful when you go hiking. 